0: Yes folks, it's Thursday, it's two PM Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be pillars,
1: pillars, pillars of
0: I don't know. I love the music. Once you hear it, you never forget it. And when you loop it, no, you don't. And when what I find interesting about it is, is when you loop it, um, it's not all that different from like Casey and the Band or. Uh, quite a few other uh, 70s bands.
2: Well, at least it's not like the heavy metal stuff that like sends you weird messages if you play it backwards.
3: (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-oh, the secret's out. (laughs) I wonder.
2: Brainwashing you.
0: I'll I'll ask Greg Markels of Markels Audio Lab um, if he did that. And if he didn't, I'll ask him how we could um, but that's that either... like, Yes. Was
2: that like Judas Priest or something? One of those bands I never listened to and they were like, yeah, play it backwards. And it has satanic messaging. And I was like, uh, no, thanks.
0: <laughs> Who knows? So welcome Green, to Ray, probably. Kristen, Elizabeth. We'll get to our guest uh, in a moment. However, today is a very special day. Um our dear Kristen has a tiara on because it's her birthday.
1: Thank
0: you. Happy birthday.
1: Birthday. birthday.
0: birthday. <laughs> it's
1: a crazy year to have a
0: birthday.
3: I think I'm sorry. <laughs> I
1: thought she would sing. I oh, think Ari. I, I mean <laughs> No, nobody
3: wants to sing.
2: No, no, no. I I was going to say it's been a really bad year to have a birthday, really. For most people, it kind of, it's just not the same. But that's not true for the people who had birthdays in January and February. Mm -hmm. Those people were lucky. The rest of it, not
0: so much. Hey, uh, this Sunday on Avila Beach is my second rebirthday. birthday. That's right. That's right. We'll be out there from about eight thirty to noon and um, I'll send you my tiara. That's <laughs> right. fine. Um I I did let everyone know who that was invited that if they didn't um if they didn't feel comfortable potentially violating the governor's orders um <laughs> for being out there, um that I would understand them not showing up and Well, I can't utilize the correct verbology and keep this show as family and professional (laughs) things. But it was something to the terms of frack the governor. So I know maybe something happens. (laughs) So we know where I am. You can see, those who are watching can see the sun moving across the Pacific. Um, behind me and underneath everybody, but Ray, Kristen, Elizabeth, you know the drill. Where are you and what's the weather like? This is Pillars of Weather. Ooh, I gotta create a banner for Pillars of Weather.
3: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well,
0: Ray, you wanna go
2: first?
3: Sure. Here in the in the Midwest, Aurora, Illinois, 40 miles west of Chicago, it's almost 60 degrees and sunny. I can't believe this is December. December 10th, never had, you know, never
1: wow. It's warm. I don't I ever it.
3: remember it. I love it. Yep. I love it. Kristen, where are you at?
2: I'm up the street. Today I'm actually in the office in Glendale Heights. I'm a little bit closer to you. And again, a balmy 55. I had my boys outside playing street hockey last night until dark. It's the strangest. It's hard to get into the spirit of Christmas a little bit because.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're
2: all looking for the white stuff. I mean, not me. I'm okay without it, but
4: they're looking for it. How about you, Lizzie? I I would say welcome to my world where we could be 80 on Christmas um, in the Gulf Coast of Alabama. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are actually a brisk, what we would call a brisk 68. Down here, we went to a football game and people, it was 65 degrees and they had their flannel blankets out and I was like, what, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> oh,
1: California.
4: It could be 80 tomorrow, so you never know. <laughs> but
0: but
2: the the thing, thing. they were going to
4: blankets out. <laughs> I
2: have
0: to move. Here's yeah. the thing. Californians are the same way. But then again, I remember the idiots in Chicago in the middle of a winter. It's 20 below out, four feet of snow, and they're wearing shorts. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, that's normal.
2: Yeah, that's because our blood is thick by that time of the year. (laughs) It Uh, barely flows. uh, That's funny.
0: (laughs) Pants? Yeah. Who's going to introduce our guest? I was just about to ask that, Ray. Go for it. Which (laughs) which one of our lovely co-hosts is going to introduce our guest? Birthday girl, go for it, <laughs> all right, or Elizabeth,
1: well, I don't
2: know, somebody talk. I thought it was going to be Ray, because he <laughs> always does the job. <laughs> I think so. we have uh, Miss Anne with us today from um, Global Business Advisory Group, is it a group, do I call it, or just Global Business Advisory?
5: The Global Business Advisory Franchise. Oh.
2: Very, oh. Ooh. Okay. And tell us where you are,
5: since I already know,
2: and <laughs>
5: what the weather's like.
2: And we, we don't love look your up hat the vital.
5: degrees. Thank you. Thank you. I participate in the HAP Club. You <laughs> all know. I, I thank you so much for the honor and privilege to be here. And I'm in Colorado Springs. I'm, <laughs> I just looked up as you all were chatting to see what the temperature was because every single day it's different. Uh, I'm at the base of Pikes Peak an elevation about 6,600 feet Um, and it is 37 degrees, very sunny, no snow at the moment, sadly. Um, We have a little less snow each winter, Um, but that's where I am in Colorado Springs for one more week. Um, I am relocating back to the East Coast in a week, start my trip. Uh, there is a 16-pound little girl who uh, is the it, I've been in love with, who is my very first grandchild. So I'm oh. heading back to the East Coast.
3: Congratulations! Yay!
5: Congratulations! Yay. right. It's incredible. It's incredible. Everyone on the call who is a grandparent knows that it is truly an incredible experience. Yes, it is. <laughs> So thank you for having me from Colorado Springs. Just... It's my last call. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I don't need
2: that grandparent excitement anytime soon.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for it, but in a couple of years.
1: <laughs> right. right. Mine are closer <laughs> than yours, Kristen. Yeah,
4: that's
0: true. That's true. Uh, so that so, all right, folks, so do I have to do everything in, in directing questions? Please, somebody ask a question. We're done with the grandkids stuff. <laughs> I love grandkids. Well, but I was you know. going
2: to ask Anne to tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Yeah. Oh, you want me to talk about global business advisory?
3: Well, you told <laughs>
2: us that you weren't boring, so we know that.
3: Uh, you know, so uh, I uh, was, you get too the boss.
5: Exactly. I figure once we let the, the the cat out of the cage, we're good for the day. So <laughs> you might be you might have to shut me up uh anybody who's have listening. We have a
3: mute button, you know. Thank
5: you. Fred Fred, Fred said he's not even going to warn me. You'll just see my head doing this and I'll think I'm still have an audience and he'll have gone on. Yeah. So okay. it happens. That's okay with me. Um truly uh to be have any platform To be able to create awareness is my pleasure. Um, Those of you who know me know that I've spent more than 30 years in business development, uh, more than 30 years in creating solutions. Uh, I've been a business broker and a business developer for 30 years. This is the global business advice, is our fifth company, is a brand new franchise, just launched purposefully Labor Day weekend. And we launched for 11 reasons during the pandemic on Labor Day weekend, but I'll share three of them with you. The spending uh, three decades in healthcare, working with physicians, working with business developers, hospitals, uh, lobbying for physicians, that's a lot of fun, uh, working on Capitol Hill lobbying. It's a whole different sector and it's a beautiful way to understand that we have a huge ocean of c-suite executives in 2007 and 2008 in our last session who were hit dramatically this year during a pandemic if you can imagine we talk about in our industry recession resistant uh businesses business models we haven't had to talk about a pandemic. In 2020, we're talking about a pandemic and so global business advisory was actually launched three primary reasons during a pandemic for those to find, maybe it's a way out. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of C-suite executives we'll talk about some of those labor statistics today. I'm certain, who are looking for a way to make it, whose jobs have been eliminated, who are looking for a temporary opportunity for six months, 12 months, 10 years while they're building their income. So truly it's an opportunity to give others a way to make a difference. Imagine Kristen for just a moment. Imagine what I get to do, what most of us on this call get to do in some way every day. Imagine, yep. imagine making a difference and making dreams come true every yeah. single day. It's what we get to do. And so yeah. whether it's me standing on a career fair desk, I literally do. <laughs> some of you know I, that. Yeah. and I, <laughs>
3: no,
5: I don't need a megaphone. Everyone knows I don't need a megaphone. One of my passions, no I've stepped Nope. So, whether it's females, whether it's veterans, whether it's our C-suite males, my favorite is to watch a career fair and literally stand on a table where they believe that there is a company with 200 jobs for males over the age of 50, and we have these beautiful Armani suits, very handsome men with their portfolios and 200 resumes printed on linen with a zip drive, ready to go. They're standing in line. So that's an area where we very quickly stand up on a table and say, what are you doing? Do you want to be self-sufficient? Do you want to understand what's out there? So that's one reason, primary reason at this time is truly our baby boomers. Did you guys know, that over the next just 10 years, not even the next 20 years, but over the next 10 years, they're projecting, I don't know, 60 to 70 percent. Two-thirds of the businesses that are out there, private and franchises who are owned by baby boomers, will be offloading. Two-thirds of them will now, be selling. Yeah, that's a great opportunity.
6: Yep. You think so?
2: You know, that I want to kind of interrupt you right there because I think that as we have a lot of listeners who are thinking about how do they get involved in these types of things, um, for them just to put in the back of their mind that that is actually a great opportunity for somebody to buy into a franchise that already has residual income. And while your cost of entry may be higher initially, you've got something great that's already going. You're not necessarily doing all the you know, work from the ground up, which I think that's a great, great thing. How did you get into this business? Tell us a little bit about what
5: drove you into this particular franchise. Interesting that you asked that question. What got me into franchising was the big blue ocean. In healthcare, for 26 years, you are working with fleets, physicians, hospital administrators, adding income streams. I was, I owned an MSO, that's a management service organization, where it was our job to service those health care providers. During Obamacare, our company had six electronic health records that did not service 138 physicians. Six different platforms wow. could not service. Right. How ridiculous is that? That's the fragmented industry that we have in electronic health records in healthcare. Mm -hmm. So with meaningful use, with Obamacare, with my work with physicians whom I absolutely adore, still 40% of my client base, of global's client base, are healthcare practitioners, are physicians, RNs, nurse practitioners, PAs, I could go on and on. Interesting. is Is the opportunity... For those to really, um, it's like a bubble. And so what I found as a business developer, primarily in healthcare, was that C-suite executives do not have a clue what's outside of corporate America. Do you all agree with that from your experience?
3: Probably.
5: Yeah, yeah. Perhaps, yeah. So, typically an entrepreneur is not still in c-suite america is not still a corporate america folk oftentimes they're full-time riding that train riding that w2 train riding career train providing ability providing that comfort level and sometimes they'll start a business on the side to launch into mm-hmm. it's those c-suite executives quite frankly Kristen, to answer your specific question who look for those resales more often, who look for that. We get a call three times a week for what do you have in Georgia? What do you have in Stone Mountain today? um, Who happens to be the request for the day for an EBITDA of 120,000? What do you have in manufacturing? Um, So we get those calls four or five times a day from either brokers or from consumers, looking for a franchise a business opportunity. So it's really a way to share. The reason I did it specifically was I knew there was more people I could help. So as a business developer in healthcare working with physicians and hospitals, that's a beautiful thing because you're on the business side of medicine. So no matter what you're doing, you're helping others, right? In franchising and business development it was truly a, there has to be more people out there that we can help who don't know because when I was at HCA as a vice president, it was quite frankly not common knowledge what you do to build your wealth outside of your 401k, mm-hmm. outside of building your liquidity, right, you guys? Mm-hmm. So we all know, those of us on this call our audience, is hopefully going to see today a little bit about how one at least agrees how we build wealth and how we can build wealth consistently. All of us do agree on this far more than this call is in business investments, whether it's owner-operator, semi-absentee, or passive income. And there's a host of things to talk about.
4: Well, I, I want to stop you right there. We've got to go to a commercial break, but I also want to bring in the element I, because I run a, a company for women and a, a magazine for women. Uh, talk about the opportunities for women to, to own their own futures and, and have that kind of security and investment as well. So let's go to a commercial real quick and then come back and I want to bring that element in as well awesome perfect elizabeth the franchise woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news tools advice and inspiration we are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses improve their existing businesses find creative solutions and take advantage of franchise opportunities we feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers in addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur We also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Woman will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are The Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com.
0: Take it away, Elizabeth. I just thought that was relevant to do it that way. So, you know. <laughs> what, what
4: well, thank you for the plug right in there. But I do think um, something, you know, I do focus on a lot of women in business. And I and I do think that especially during a time with the pandemic, when people are looking for independence and the, and the ability to forge their own path and, and create their own security, um, what kind of opportunities or advice would you give to women who, who are thinking about business ownership, in terms of long-term investment in terms of that kind of security and stability and and people who may have had to have a as we were saying earlier a pivot <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> in their
2: career the word of the year yeah <laughs> truly the recovery word is
5: pivot yes <laughs> it's uh pivot, as we talked about earlier it's required in today it's always required in life especially today elizabeth your your mission and your passion for sales is tremendous. Mine too. There's two reasons for that. Number one, not just now, but over the last especially 7, 10, 15 years, women more and more, as you well know, are looking at starting a home-based business. This year, more than ever, we have seen that because of the pandemic, because our children are at home, our school-age children are at home, those are pivoting and they're seeing that hmm perhaps it is a manageable daily workflow to be able to spend two or three hours during the day working on my business while my kids are doing their homework during school sometimes it's for 6 and 8 hours a day so home based scalable i absolutely adore Low entry investments for our females, mobile opportunities that give them the flexibility. So on the evenings and weekends, while doing club sports, while they're doing all the things around extracurricular activities with our kids that we do, they can also be creating awareness for their business, maybe even their business participating in those events, and they can be earning money while they're mom while instead of just sitting in the bleachers. So there's many of those, whether it's they're doing work, building their marketing while they're sitting in the bleachers and whether they're doing LinkedIn reach outs, whether they're working on their, what changes they're doing for their business, for the seasons, for the pandemic.
2: Don't let your your kids see you because that happens to me all the time. Mm -hmm. And they think I'm not interested in what I'm doing.
4: So, Oh, uh-huh. boundaries, yeah. Kristen.
2: They have to have boundaries. <laughs> yes, yes, I will tell you. And, you know, a huge shout-out to anyone listening out there who's dealing with the schooling at home because really? and, oh, men and women who are doing it, hats off to you. It is a
4: challenge. Really?
2: So one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, Anne, with you is that you, you talked at first about a lot of boomers who are having exit strategy, strategies excuse me, and getting ready to get out. But the boomer generation is so large that, you know, we've talked a lot on the show in the past that there are a lot of people who are on the younger end of the boomers who are looking to escape corporate America and enter into business. So
1: right.
2: it's kind of, you know, you kind of got this huge group of people, um, some exiting, some getting ready to enter. And so it's a very right. interesting time for that, that whole generation.
5: You're exactly right, Kristen. It is a very large population, as we know, prior to last year, and our millennials took over as the largest population. Mm -hmm. Our baby boomers was the largest. Now, the second, I happen to be one of those young baby boomers at the age of 57. So it is for young baby boomers, we have 20 more years of growth, Mm -hmm. at least 20 years to work unless we're independently wealthy. Mm -hmm. And those of us who are interested in building our wealth, we know business investments do that. It gives us an opportunity to build a business and then work passively. Should we choose another tremendous advantage for our baby boomers? Kristen is the legacy business. So for those who are looking at another 20 years to look in, whether it's producing income whether it's the lifestyle that they're looking for or the way out, they're fed up. I hear that 14 times a day. (laughs) If you find me the right business, I will jump tomorrow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's do some, some validation first. Um, So it, it really is for 20 to 22 more years, an opportunity to again, make a difference, create awareness, provide solutions show people how you earn a living when your job is eliminated, what your mm-hmm. choices are. And we have lots mm-hmm. of ways to do that. Okay.
3: I'd like to ask a question. I, I, I'd like to have a better understanding exactly what it is that the local business advisory does. I mean, what, are you franchising or you're franchisee or A broker? Ray? Yes. I'm hoping we can get a little clarity from the audience as well.
5: I would love to. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for bringing us back to that, Ray. So we are a premier franchise sales and business brokerage. Uh We are the only full-service brokerage in the country, including international access. So uh, everyone on the call and uh, some of our audience knows, um, and for our listeners who are learning about franchising, it is an opportunity for you to learn there are today more than 6,000 licensed brands in our country available today. It is a full-time position for years to think that one can go through those brands and determine what's a right opportunity. So in brokerage, we actually, in the global business advisory franchise, have the opportunity to do three things. We buy businesses, acquire, we sell businesses, and we are a franchise for brokers. So it is a franchise who sells franchises. We are the sales arm. Yeah, so we are the only franchise, we are the only brokerage that can take a business element, that can take every single element of a business and reproduce it and touch it. And so that's very important because for years, those of us in the industry, we probably get calls 14 times, 15 times a week, like I mentioned earlier, a little bit like go fish you have a resale here for this c-suite he needs these parameters his criteria might be 14 deep and we take that into about hundred and fourteen criteria it's a bit about reverse engineering taking a person's interest their skills what their desires what do they expect that business investment to do for them versus I come in and I want something in the education industry because I want to work from home. Do you have any idea what it looks like to work from home? So we take those candidates through discovery. And it really is an opportunity for them to see a different world, to explore ownership without any stress with it, within the opportunity to see uh, ways that can get them where they want to go. Do they need to have a three-pack to be able to earn in a certain industries that they need to earn $150,000 a year? Do they have transferable skills to go into some industries? Or are they the right personality to go into a franchise or a proven system that has very strong training and support? Those are some of the things that we look for and ways that we help our consumers, and looking for business investments. So, do you
4: have any tools that you use to match these people to determine those things? What What is the process that you go through if if you're if I'm coming in the door to you,
5: um, to determine where you start? Oh, what a beautiful question, Elizabeth. Thank you. It really is getting to know. So it's learning about that candidate or client, whomever is entering, whether they're a referral. Or whether they're coming in to say, um, I've been looking, I've been searching, I've been sending out 150 to 200 resumes a week, and I'm not getting anywhere, I don't think I'm ever going to get a job, I might get a 1099, and I might be able to earn, if they don't know this, they're going to be able to earn one third. The process for which we go through really does start at the beginning. Elizabeth, it really is learning what those, let's say it's a science brain for a moment. Let's say it's an IT architect or um, very, very common now are engineers in the oil and gas industry. The oil and gas industry engineers really, again, stereotypically don't know what it looks like to be a business owner. So I kind of take a project manager or vice president level, vice president level, and say, if you in your corporate position, you have 12 regional directors reporting to you. Let's turn that into a business. If those 12 regional di- directors treated their P&Ls like their own money. Would they handle their jobs differently? Well, as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, you have to think that way. If you're going to scale and you want 12 locations, you have to be able to treat your financials in your business like it's your own money because as a business owner, they are. So we start out with learning what their pain is, what their motivation is. Is it the need to make income tomorrow? Are they burning 6 $1,000 a month in expenses and burning through their savings. So what income are they looking for? What do they have to make? What are their needs? What are their skills? What are their interests? Are they handy? Go ahead, please, Kristen.
2: So, So I'm sure we have listeners out there who are entrepreneurs or thinking about it how do you do how do you charge
5: for a service like this oh what a fabulous question for a candidate coming looking at business investments as a way to make money or passive income there is no charge for them to investigate businesses we work directly with the sba we work with 11 different funding institutes and if we're creating awareness and solving problems I absolutely, we do not want to charge for that, because this is where others get to understand what is out there. Mm -hmm. What are the ways? We actually talk about when we're speaking to candidates. One of your job opportunities, if you are over the age of 45, one choice that you have in a 1099 position, not a W, is to go work for Amazon, So if you are committed if a consumer is committed that for at the beginning they're too fearful to look at business ownership then we will give them a reality check of how many resumes are you sending out doing on those follow-ups we also give them a reality check of the bureau of labor statistics prior to the pandemic if you were over the age of 55 prior to March, there is a 9% chance of getting a W-2 position again. Nine. Over the... Wow. Nine.
3: I see that because that's true. I went through that.
5: Tell us about it, Ray. When I
3: was in my mid-50s, lost my job. I, 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 if I didn't send out 100, I must send out thousands of resumes. And... Uh, the positions I was getting was n- nothing near what I was hoping for. And that's why my wife and I at that time decided to start a business. And the rest is history. But now my children are going to inherit that business.
5: So Legacy. Legacy. Ray, Talk a little, lo- go a little bit back backwards just for a moment and talk about how you felt when you were downsized or laid off or that, that career transition happened. How did you flip about Do I do now? What are my options other than spending eight hours a day? And, and then it might not have been LinkedIn and all the different social ways that we are digital digitally. It's a little easier now than it was probably for you, but talk about how you felt what that did for you as a man.
3: Oh, well, wow. As a man, you always feel like you're the breadwinner. You know, that's, I guess, in the genes. I don't know. Uh, But it feels like someone punches you in the stomach when that happens. And, uh, you know, there isn't much you can do about it, except I I found myself working harder at trying to find a job than I was actually doing a job. You know, so uh, I I think any help out there for someone who reaches that point and, and they're Life that they find themselves without income, uh, I, any help is, is a you know, link, LinkedIn was out there, but it was primarily as a job finding site, as right? Opposed to uh, what it is and it, today, right? And, and, okay, uh, I'm sorry,
2: I'm sorry to interrupt you guys, but we have got to go to commercial break because we are so late right now. <laughs> and uh, let us go to a commercial break, and then we'll go back and pick up where we left off. Okay?
0: <laughs> okay. Thank All you.
1: All right. Thank we'll you, be
0: back, everyone. So our uh, shout-out, our next shout-out is to Feedspot for selecting us as one of the top 20 podcasts you must follow in 2020. We'll see what they do about 2021. But, hey, even in pandemic year, it's still nice to be uh, number one. Right, Ray? Right.
3: Number one. <laughs> number one.
0: And now word from another sponsor.
6: Hey franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing, with daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement.
0: Thank you, Michelle, and we're back. And just a really quick reminder.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes.
2: I love fireworks in December.
0: Kristen's
1: birthday today.
2: Thank you. Uh my team was so nice today I came in and they had these custom cakes made and it was amazing Uh it's been a great day so thank you for that (laughs) Fred
0: special new graphics the first time ever (laughs) (laughs) thank you
4: So, so, I do want to get back to what you were saying because my husband had a similar situation he's um, Mm -hmm. 58 and he bought a franchise a year ago because of the same exact thing and looked and looked and looked and, and you begin to feel smaller. I mean, he didn't, he didn't express this to me, but I could see it feel smaller and smaller and smaller because you don't feel, your career is not over. You know, you still like you said and 20 years of, of work to come. And yet you're, you're in this position where you're considered an older right. hire that nobody right. wants. So tell me how, because we're only one year in, so we're still, you know, he's still building and and working, and we haven't sort of perfected everything just yet. But in terms of where you are now compared to where you were and the security that you feel even throughout the pandemic, what is the difference in your comfort level and your mental state from that to this? I'm just curious, because we're in that position now.
3: Well, well, certainly. um, I I really condensed a lot of that. I was actually laid off the third time. (laughs) So, yeah. and anybody who gets laid off the first time, it's oh. a in the gut. The second time, it's, uh it really hurts. But third time, it's nothing. But that is the time I decided that I had to do something other than look for a job. Mm-hmm. And that was to, uh, and, and as we've discussed a little bit on this show, it's kind of in my genes to own a business because my dad uh, was an entrepreneur in the uh, restaurant. And uh, Me too. <laughs> industry. So, uh, and I think what I was leading up in to, in, to talk to Anne about was basically, I, is this concept, from what I understand, you are trying to uh, franchise this concept to somebody to buy this whole thing as Both. well? Both. Both. Absolutely.
5: Okay. So, there are broker networks and in our industry as you guys know, and there are broker franchises or franchise consultant franchises. Mm-hmm. So global is actually a franchise. So we're not only attracting recruiting sales and franchisees to be brokers, and franchise consultants, but we're also we also use the global business advisory as a vehicle to share brands and share proven and tier one franchises with our clients. One of the many differentiators, we have eleven differentiators, is that global business advisory being a broker is not right for everyone.
1: So
2: who's the best right? candidate? So who's the best candidate oh, to buy? Kristen, what a
5: great question. Business <laughs> what a great question. Today, a beautiful candidate does not even have to be an extrovert because there are beautiful, very successful
3: sales
5: and consultants and relationship builders, even an introvert who knows how to turn on the charm, who is trustworthy, has integrity. Can you can look at their eyes and understand that they're, not only can you validate them, So it is, it could be a person in sales and marketing who doesn't work in our industry, who's in Mm -hmm. sales and marketing in corporate America. It could be someone who wants to make a difference in someone's life. Because with the training and support of Global Business Advisory, it actually is availability. You do not have to have experience to come in. We have three different levels a brand new goes through training. 130 hours of training if you're new to the industry part of our justification for opening on labor day weekend and opening during a pandemic was demand our first year in the spd to hold us accountable we are expecting to have 40 franchisees in our first year so from september of 2020 to August of 2021, and that is because of demand. Most of those are seasoned industry professionals who are looking for a new house. It might be a franchise consultant who has never done brokering before and wants to get into resales and add that income stream. Yes. What
2: kind of licensing do you need to do that?
5: Great question, Kristen. Kristen, from a brokering standpoint, Some states require real estate licenses and a broker license. Some states don't. Now it's only 14 states who require. Global Business Advisory, depending on where you live, what state you reside in, we walk a candidate through that validation to understand, is it a registration state? Is it a physician-required state? Or is it a state that requires? There's a realtor and a business broker license, and we provide that licensing and support to those candidates in the states who require it.
2: So it sounds, and I don't want to sound controversial in in any way, but um, in taking all this in, so if I were listening right now, tell me if I called and said, I don't really know what I want to be when I grow up. I've got this money to spend. I don't know really what I'm looking for. How about you determine if you want to sell me a global business advisory um, franchise versus McDonald's? I mean, obviously, right. McDonald's is a huge scale. So,
5: you know, take that with a grain of salt. But h- how do you or differentiate? Like that? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Well, we do take, there are about 110 criteria that we use with the candidate that we collect Mm-hmm. as we get to know them, as we build our relationship, our trust, rapport with them, what their experience is, and then again, what they expect this investment, if that's what, how they're looking at it, or this business, or this career, or some today are just buying a job. So it right. really does expect, it depend upon what they're expecting this next career this next step in their life to look like yeah i think Most that's a
2: really important don't know really important question you know if you're just it is, yeah if you're buying yourself a job i mean you really have to think about is that really long term that's right what you want to do you know right
5: Very some of our highest failure when, yes. when those um that's part of a differentiator uh very very often it's a glamour effect I want a hair salon. I want what he's doing. I want a salon who has six revenue streams, and I only want to work two hours a week. I want to make 102 150- Yeah. I want to step into a business and earn 150,000 dollars a year, and I want it to ramp up in three months, and I need a general manager for day-to-day operations. So as we get to know that client that candidate over a period of easily 60 days, sometimes 90 days, and it evolves because they come in and I want X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Why do you want X, Y, and Z?
1: Well, and your you process seems,
5: seems pretty involved, right? It seems yes. pretty involved.
2: So, yes. so what do you do? I mean, it sounds like you go through a lot of steps.
5: Um, How long does it normally take a person to go through your process? Usually 90 days. A good average is right at between 70 and 90 days. Very fast mode is typically 35 to 60 days. That is usually an empire builder, someone adding to their portfolio, someone who comes in and says, I have four businesses. These are my industries. What would be a good complement to my portfolio? Another really good example to that is someone who already owns a business and is looking for more ways to add income, more revenue streams, complementary businesses, or that can take advantage of that same If uh, we talk about a lot, recession and pandemic resistant. So we don't typically want, especially a new entrepreneur, to go in where there's only one way to make money only one income stream, because what happens when they need to pivot? There's nothing to, there's no safety net. There's no other way to make money. So then they have to pull that in. So we are very strong about looking at making sure that there are at least five ways to make money in that business and then ways to pivot should there need to be. What is that franchisor support? Elizabeth looks like she's getting ready to ask. Yeah.
4: No, She's <laughs> always ready. In terms of the Global Business Advisory, are you a franchisee?
5: Yes. Okay. We are all franchisees. There's no corporate. I'm an air developer in addition to the COO.
4: Okay, gotcha. So, how many are there? How many franchisees are, are in the Global Business Advisory?
5: Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you very much for asking that. Launch just in September. We have three franchisees currently, two area developers, and a franchisee. We are onboarding three more unit franchisees this month coming in, and again, we are projected for forty in our first year.
1: Okay, uh-huh. that's a, I thought that's what you said,
4: but I wanted to be clear. What is the yeah. point? What is the cost to for for you? <laughs>
5: oh, Elizabeth, you guys are fabulous asking these yep. amazing questions. So we have three different levels for it. You're going to love this for a new industry, someone who's been in sales and marketing, a C-suite executive, an engineer who wants to make a difference in others' lives and create a path or create a journey, quite frankly, it is why we exist. Uh, it is really a mission business. It is 34-9. That's with no industry experience. That's a franchise fee. For an existing broker who wants to learn franchise sales, franchise development, validation, any of the different we have 10 income streams, every single touch point in a business. Are you ready, Elizabeth? 5,000 dollars? 5,000 dollars is the franchise fee at the Global Business Advisory. an industry professional wow and part of the reason we were founded was because of the need we know there are many there are hundreds looking for a new house looking for a new way to um new brands new micro emerging brands and sometime today i know we'll talk about those brands so for an industry professional Global is looking to really recoup our costs for onboarding and bringing that person in for training. So $5,000 for a franchise fee, that broker can now become learn how to do franchise sales and have a whole new inventory of brands to be able to deliver and present out there. An area developer is our third level. One of our tremendous differentiators is that we are not, we are a pandemic and we live in a virtual world. So we do not have territories, no restricted territories. Part of the demand and the need for global was, I want to build my pod, I want to build my business and I don't want to be held to if I want to build that business in Texas, but I have brokers in Illinois, California, in Washington state, in Florida who know how I work and I want to help develop them, global business advisories, ARs or area developers, give you the opportunity to be in a virtual world and build that brokerage internationally, not just in the United States. So at different levels of area developer, five, 10, 15 franchisees, one can build their own business and take advantage as an area developer or regional developer in the old terms, as we call them, we're politically correct now. Master developers, area developers are now all called area representative. And based on, it can go from $92,000 investment to 178 dollars based on how many franchisees you want to recruit. It's like in a brick and mortar world, if you're coming in asking for McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts, if you're coming in and asking for a Dunkin' Donuts, that's probably 14 calls a week. You need to have $2.3 million and you need to open no less than three and commit to that.
1: Mm -hmm.
5: Now, Dunkin' Donuts joined and is is, is in a merger and they've just bought themselves lunch and dinner with Arby's. Mm -hmm. Arby's just bought themselves the number one breakfast franchise in the world with Dunkin' Donuts. So I imagine that $2.3 million for a three-pack is going to be higher uh, in a few months, that's for sure. So we are very proud of our investment levels to make it affordable. And whenever you, I'm not sure if we're getting ready to take a break or not, but well, when we're, we're ready ready to... going
2: to do something more exciting than take a break. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go to that dark place where Fred likes to go, Uh-oh. called the <laughs> rabbit hole.
5: I was a little nervous.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, look at the look what he does to our heads. I mean, it's pretty dark.
3: He turns the world upside down.
2: Yeah, it's like a bad trip or something. I don't know.
6: <laughs> Welcome to Fred's World.
3: That's Fred's fun. World. <laughs>
1: That's
5: hysterical. Hysterical. Be prepared. Oh,
1: Frederick, you- I don't know how. You are.
6: We can't hear you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my mic turned <laughs> off. What can I say? What I was going to say oh, is... Saw you're
6: listening. Like, are you a- there, Fred?
0: A meme on Facebook with Kermit the Frog and he's standing there smoking a cigarette and he says walk in my shoes for a mile that's nothing live in my head for 45 seconds will really freak you out (laughs) that should be your motto it is so it's now time to go down the rabbit hole and be where I live So today's topic, zombie apocalypse. We haven't been able to do the zombie apocalypse for a while, so we will. What reason can you give to zombies to come to your company other than eating your brains? Because remember, zombies (laughs) want to eat you, so if they come to you, so the question becomes is how will you be able to cr- recruit zombies to be to become franchisees in the zombie
5: apocalypse when, if a human being would
0: mentor them, they would be eaten?
5: You want me to go first?
0: Oh, you're the only one who gets to go. You're the only They've one. All,
5: they all been,
1: only?
0: You're the only one. They've all been down oh. here. They know how scary it is.
5: Uh, You, 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 gosh, can we do this every day? Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) Call Fred, call Fred direct. (laughs)
5: Um, uh, Thanks Fred, because we get to give life to that zombie. Uh, So the global business advisory actually would provide the opportunity for that zombie to live or die. Uh, so the, in, um we talked earlier about what the statistics are for a professional over the age of 50 or 55, uh, prior to the pandemic was 9%. Prior to the pandemic, when you're over 60, pay attention audience. When you're over 60, in corporate America, prior to the pandemic, you had a 6% opportunity to get that W-2 position back in corporate America. Today, Ray's shaking his head. Today, when you're over the age of 50 to 55, zero.
0: zero. You know,
5: here's the what I want to of say labor about labor statistics It's actually negative. So yeah.
0: here's here's the problem is you have, here's the problem is that the average corporate zombie lives to eat his boss. So therefore, whether he eats them before or after he's fired, it really doesn't matter. In fact, if you fire him, he eats people and he turns the whole company into zombies. So therefore they go out and eat others, destroying not only the company as well as the franchisees and franchisors. So, the only way to get around this is to have zombies sell to zombie or zombie franchisees to sell to zombie zombies.
5: How do you recruit the zombies? Again, I'm giving them life. That's shooting baby laughing.
0: that means Lapping. so. If that's true. I thought I heard that.
1: Yeah, I, I because thought I heard an entire
5: no. community. It's, and an so, entire country and world of walking zombies in C-suite America. Of course. That's why it doesn't
0: matter. So here's the thing. I get the life or death. So what I'm hearing is, if they don't sign up, you're going to shoot them, which is pretty much <laughs> what you to yep. do with zombies. So on that note, Ray, time to take us no. out.
3: If if you are a zombie out there looking for what you have to offer, because there seems to be so much, how is the best way that zombie can get a hold of you?
5: Oh, my goodness. They can call me directly. They can IM me. They can email me. All the different ways with digital marketing they can. Our number directly. Call me on my cell if you want, and I'll give you Global's main number, of course, But easiest to me because we're so mobile is 804-928-3176. And that gives us the availability to be able to direct you instantly where you might need and whether that zombie needs life or needs food, (laughs) we can provide both. Uh, So if they need food, we'll send them to our marketplace with our wonderful brands and business opportunities. If they need more life, we will share with them how they can become self-sufficient. Kevin Harrington coined last year, actually it was 2018, that 2020 was the gig economy. We've been talking about this for about seven years where we anticipated in 2020 that we would more than 40% of our adult workforce would be self-sufficient, more mm-hmm. than 40%. Well, now, at, yes, they did, Kristen yes they did no one could have predicted the pandemic where it's much much greater now uh we are talking about uh those who are wanting a job those who are needing a job has increased 6.7 million ladies and gentlemen those jobs do not exist If you are looking for that and you're putting out 100 to 300 resumes a week, you are competing with your millennials. You are competing with less expensive employee cost, which matters to that employer. It's terrible. It's ageism. It's um, very difficult to swallow, but it is a fact of life. So we do talk about real viable app options in ways that people can make rent, or most of my clients mortgage, or college education for their children, or food on the table to feed their children or veterans. And I certainly want to go back to Elizabeth when you're ready and talk about women a little bit more um, and talk about why I'm so passionate towards women as entrepreneurs uh, whenever you're ready absolutely
2: it was so nice to have you on the show as we always okay. tell people it's it's time to own your future right i mean unfortunately that's the environment we're in today so um future is you that's the only thing you can really count on right
5: yep. i, I on agree that with you person, but i don't say it's
0: unfortunate Stop, folks we, we've gone <laughs> past our time ray already asked the last question it was the last question please play by the rules it's now time for our famous band Billings, Billings,
1: Billings of Fillers, fillers, fillers of franchising Fillers, fillers, fillers of franchising